Welcome to the Stories Told Podcast. This is episode 44. Who is who? This is the Stories Told Podcast. Two authors talking about stories in movies, TV, and of course, books. I'm Michael Grayford. I write action-adventure stories in fantasy and sci-fi worlds sometimes for younger readers and sometimes for adults. And I try to always inject at least a little bit of humor. And I am author E.W. Barnes, and I write action-adventure time travel novels and space opera science fiction. Thousands of years, thousands of worlds. But be forewarned, beyond here, there will be spoilers. Are you ready for the adventure? Let's begin. And welcome back to the Stories Told podcast. I'm author E.W. Barnes, and with me is author Michael Grayford. And today we're talking about the story told in Doctor Who's 60th anniversary special, Episode 2, Wild Blue Yonder. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And what's new in your writing world? Not as much I would like, <laughs> but I did uh, see. I got my newsletter out. I do that once a month. I rebuilt some of my Amazon ads. I realized I hadn't set them up quite properly, and I signed up for a program f- called Voracious Readers Only, which is for both writers and readers, uh, where the readers can get free advanced reader copies or advanced review copies to read with the idea that they're going to submit a review for you. So I signed up for that from an author's perspective to hopefully get some more reads on my first book and also maybe some more subscribers to my newsletter. And other than that, I've just been doing some promo for my Vela stories. I think that's about it right now. And then, you know, scheduling goals for this month. How about you? I actually have been taking a step back on my writing. I have found as I complete a novel, when I get about three quarters of the way through, 80% of the way through, I have to take a step back and take a look at all my threads and make sure I'm heading to resolution for all of them. So that's where I am on Ecliptic, which is the second book in the Adventures of the Imperian Guard series. I've reached that. I've taken a step back and make sure I'm bringing this all to a very satisfying end for all the threads that I have laid out. Or if I have purposefully decided that that thread is going to be closed later in the series, that it's been, that the breadcrumbs are laid appropriately for then satisfactory resolution in a following book. So that's where I am right now. I'm going through the whole book, making notes of things that I need to make sure that I appropriately sew up in the story. So I've been spending a lot of time on that. It takes more time than you would think because, you know, I get new ideas and then I want to make sure that those breadcrumbs are where they're supposed to be. So it, it's, it's a different part of the writing process than just, you know, fingertips on the keyboard, but it's still really a valuable um, part of the process. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. I, I am more of a plot person, a plotter. 
Um, so I tend to plan out, outline my stories ahead of time. But even still, after the initial draft, there's always things that have changed, new things that have come up, some things have been chopped down. And uh, same thing, I, I still go through the process you're talking about now, where it's like, oh, wait, has to rework, make sure this all fits together. I added these three, four new things, got to make sure they're paid off. Yeah, that's funny. And as a reminder to our listeners, you can read The Adventures of the Imperian Guard in draft form as it's being written on Patreon. And you can also read Mike's stories in the Tales of Zara, both on Kindle Vela and as an ebook and paperback available on Amazon. And those links will be in the show notes. So what interesting stories have you come across in books and movies and television lately? Uh, let's see. I was watching Star Trek Lower Decks. Have you seen any of those? Yes. Yeah, it's been a few seasons out. Um, it's a fun show. I really like that. They're, there are just so many references to the other Star Trek shows that have come before. And they wind it, in, they wind it together great. I, I really like that. I, I loved how it's not in, it, it's not in the, the Lower Decks series so much this season but the connection they had to strange new worlds where they had that one episode last season yeah or in the latest season remember where it starts off animated yes and then they go through the portal i thought that was great and they they do reference that in this one which is funny so uh, yeah i love that kind of stuff i really like the show uh, it's a lot of fun so that's what i've been watching how about you Still moving through the Nickelodeon version of Avatar The Last Airbender. It's nice because I had forgotten some of the details. And so it's been fun going back into the world and going, oh, right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's just a great refresher in anticipation of the Netflix live action series coming out in a couple of months. So it's been really enjoyable. And of course, you know, it's holiday time. So we start, have started watching holiday movies. And unfortunately, we weren't able to actually get one of the holiday movies we were hoping to watch because we wanted to trim our tree while watching a movie that we didn't have to really pay attention to, that we knew well enough that we could just sort of, you know, follow along but still focus on the tree recording. And it was a unanimous vote as to what we wanted to watch, but then we couldn't find it um, to stream on one of our streaming channels, which means we have to save Die Hard for later in the season. Because as far as I'm concerned, when the tree is trimmed and Hans Gruber falls off the tower at Nakatomi Plaza, it's Christmas. <laughs> Excellent. Are you ready to talk about Doctor Who? Oh, yes. All right, let's begin. Today we're talking about the story told in Doctor Who's 60th anniversary special, Episode 2 Wild Blue Yonder. And here is the brief summary of the episode that you can find when you type Doctor Who Wild Blue Yonder into Google. The TARDIS takes the Doctor and Donna to the furthest edge of adventure. To escape, they must face the most desperate fight of their lives with the fate of the universe at stake. Did you like this episode? Oh, yeah. It's definitely reminded me of some previous Who episodes from way back in earlier seasons. 
I, I like how they started off where the TARDIS basically flees and abandons them there. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a good start. I really like how they use the TARDIS throughout the series. Uh, and it's this intelligent time traveling device, right? Like it has its own mind and it clearly drops him off at places where it's like it thinks he needs to be uh, for something that's going on there. So, so I like that. I like the setup for that and how they're, how they're stranded there. It's always a good technique used in horror stories, right, where there's no easy way out. Um, and a lot of Doctor Who is horror. I mean, it's presented as this fun sort of action-y kind of drama show. But, and I've, I've heard some of the creators refer to the stories that they write as sort of the monster of the week. And that's what it is. I mean, if you look back at a lot of the episodes, that's kind of how it's set up. It's kind of this light horror, science fiction, action adventure, right? It's all these things mixed together. And this episode definitely has a lot of that. The creepy setup with their copies. I wouldn't say they're clones. They're, we're not quite sure what they are, really. They're manifestations from the void, whatever that means. But it's very creepy. It reminds me of... Uh, couple of episodes did you ever see midnight the one i had the same note reminds me of midnight yeah i don't know why it's just like the creepy like there's this other thing this other entity there that you're not sure what it is and it's kind of copying them yeah and then also the a bit of the impossible planet where a beast is trapped on the planet near the black hole and yeah kind of that same something out there which you don't know what it is but it's malevolent <laughs> right yeah I, I, I thought that was cool and then i like at the end from you know the very common storytelling technique which works surprisingly well in a surprising number of situations a literal ticking time bomb right yeah at the climax of the story to increase tension you could say it's a cliche but it's it's something that works it works over and over and over and over again if it's done well and i think they did that well here i'm so glad we got to see Wilfred, Donna's yeah. grandfather again. And we, I think we talked about the previous episode. I really wanted to reconnect there and have him have the chance to see, hey, you know, the doctor's back and Donna's got her memories back. And so we got to see that. But then, of course, there's no time to relax. <laughs> We're on to the next <laughs> catastrophe. So we set up the next episode to come. So I'm very curious to see where that goes. What are your overall thoughts? I really enjoyed this episode, and I would say that I like this episode better than the previous episode. I think the previous episode did a great job of reintroducing us to the characters and sort of resolving Donna's metacrisis, but this was pure who. Just an adventure where the Doctor and his companion are in danger and they have to solve the problem, and of course the rest of the universe is in danger because that's always the stakes, right? And I thought it was just brilliant. I agree. It's a it's a horror story. And I don't know why I'm okay with Doctor Who horror stories uh, as opposed to other horror stories. I found it just wonderfully creepy instead of just creepy creepy. <laughs> yeah. I'd be hard-pressed to put my finger on what makes it wonderfully creepy. I guess it's the knowledge that because these are main characters, I know they're going to survive. 
So I'm okay with it being creepy because I know they're going to find a way out. And that knowledge makes me able to just relax into it, enjoy the creepiness. I really think that's probably what it is. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a big part of it, I think. And the, yeah. and the, quirk, the quirkiness of the acting, right? It's like, you know, like the way that the characters are portrayed. It's like, you know not to take it too seriously. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I really enjoyed about this is that, you know, sometimes when you have a story, you know, you pointed out the ticking clock element that raises the tension and requires that our heroes figure out the solution under pressure. Another thing that you frequently see, especially with Doctor Who, and you pointed out the TARDIS, the TARDIS is, is essentially a character and it actually was a character in one of the episodes. I remember when the, the TARDIS became a woman? She's the yeah, TARDIS on, and she's the woman. Yeah. yeah, right. But the TARDIS has always been a character, malfunctioning or doing its own thing in order to help drive the story forward in some ways. And, I, and the other thing that's always kind of been part of the characteristics are the sonic what the sonic can do what the sonic can't do and we've seen episodes where the doctor loses the tardis and loses the sonic or loses the sonic but not both at the same time right at the beginning i mean he was essentially on his own without the tools that he is accustomed to using to help solve the universe ending problems that he is bound to face and so he and Donna had to rely on their, the tools that they bring with them, their brains, their hearts, their minds, their thoughts. And I thought the way that they set that up was really brilliant. Because we had here the monster of the week, which is essentially mimicking the doctor and Donna. So there are four of them. And they, by the way, the actors did a wonderful job of this. It, it, it just, I thought every single time we switched faces, and we switched to the new character, trying to figure out who was who was a really fun challenge as a consumer of the story. But I also liked the intelligence that went into how they figured it out. First, the mimics had problem with size in the three-dimensional environment. Then they had a problem with object permanence. Then they had a problem with the dichotomy of paradox paradoxical ideas and i loved how the doctor and donna kept figuring out new ways to test them to figure out who they were and what they were doing and in the end they had to rely on their hearts and their feelings and their faith to figure out who was real it just kept they kept drilling down and drilling down and drilling down and i think that's one of the reasons why it reminded me of midnight because the doctor in midnight was made very vulnerable and we don't see the doctor vulnerable that often we see him use his vulnerability as a means of achieving the end you know the end goal of saving the universe uh the episode yeah. I forget the name of it, but it was the first episode with the doctor and Clara where they went and the girl had to sing and there was the monster that was essentially a giant son and he had to, they had to oh, give yeah. them their memories. And so he, he gave his vulnerability up as a means of trying to solve the problem. But in Midnight and in Wild Blue Yonder, the doctor was forced into vulnerability in a very uncomfortable way and he had to deal with that in a very uncomfortable way. And I think that's why it reminded me of Midnight. More so than the Impossible Planet. 
though, like you said, it was their faith in the end that helped save them. And that's what in the impossible planet that remember doctor gave a speech about his faith in Rose. Yeah, good so I think that is where I think that same feeling comes from in this episode. But overall, I just thought it, this was a really good story. And I too was so excited to see Wilf. And we know, you know that Bernard Cribben has passed away. Yeah. So that's the last time we were going to see him. I was so excited because I wasn't sure if they had filmed this before he had passed or if they were going to have to, you know, do some sort of visual sleight of hand. And it was wonderful to see him. Yeah, it was good. I I didn't realize he had passed until after the episode. um, And I was looking up information online. And it was actually like year and a half ago almost so they mu- yeah. they must have filmed this quite a while ago <laughs> before they actually showed it yeah but i agree i i think i i also thought this was an even better episode than the previous one and you're right it felt up it felt like a straight up serial doctor who episode this is very and much like one. monster of the week yeah and a good one yeah yeah i agree yeah. i liked it so is there anything that you might have changed as a writer yeah, so for me, I think one of the things that stood out was something that we've discussed before, which is clarity. I've, I've, at the end of the episode, I felt like I wanted more of an explanation of what the captain had done and why and how. I'm not sure I still understand what it was. My My limited rudimentary understanding was that Everything was set to go very slowly, uh, even the robots' thoughts slash processing, because the entities wouldn't think that slow and thus couldn't tap into its mind or its processing and figure things out. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the, the correct explanation. Uh, maybe I'm dense, but every once in a while, I feel like some of these shows or movies yeah, could just give a little bit more clarity on what exactly things are like what happened there same thing with the end of loki right for a bit you don't really understand what's going on i kind of felt the same way here maybe i missed something or maybe i just didn't think about it enough. i don't know anyway that was the one thing that that was the one note that i had otherwise i really liked the episode was there anything that you would improve or and do you agree or disagree with me i agree i actually hadn't thought about that point because i sort of felt like i Got it. But I think you're right. I think some more clarity would have been nice. The only, again, this is a teeny, teeny, tiny thing. And what is otherwise, I think, a really terrific and tight episode. They knew someone opened the airlock. Why didn't they go figure out who opened the airlock? Go to the airlock, see if there's any kind of, or, or, or say, oh, we can't tell who went in, out of the airlock. You know, it was opened and then nobody came back in. I think that was what they figured out. I think that would have been, that was the one piece of evidence they had about the, what happened with the crew and what happened on the ship. And I I would have liked them to have investigated that a little more. That was a good note. Yeah. Other than that, I think it was a really tight episode. So a little bit of clarity about one or two lines of dialogue, just to clarify just a little bit more about, you know, oh, we can't go, we can't figure out what happened because that data, the ship doesn't collect that data or something like that. But this is like, such a small thing. It feels unimportant in the overall quality of the story. Yeah, it is a good point, though, because I, I, I now that you mention it, I remember thinking as the 
episode was progressing, like, oh, the airlock was opened. And then it it did feel like lacking. Like, wait, aren't you gonna like look up why? Like aren't there cameras recording that? Isn't there a log yeah. something? Um and they just yeah. kind of assumed that something had gotten in, which is yeah. A weird a weird thing to assume that something can just choose to enter an airlock from the outside. <laughs> so as a writer, what do you take away from this story? Uh, yeah, my, my biggest takeaway is something that I think many episodes of Doctor Who do really well, which is generating a sense of mystery. Very powerful technique. And uh, when strange things are happening, the story and we as the the viewer or the reader quite know what's going on but there's these hints being dropped and we know that these things are important we can't quite put it together it really makes us want to figure it out and want to, to stay with the story and keep engaged uh it's a great technique doctor who does this on a lot of the episodes and i think this one really demonstrates that what i took away as a writer was the importance of the connection of the characters. This story could have easily become like what you described from that sto- that horror movie about the people stuck in Antarctica, The Thing, I think it's called. Yeah, The Thing. You had described the thing about this story about everybody's starting to distrust each other. And in this episode, that could have happened, but it didn't. And instead, it was the strength of the relationship that helped save them. And I loved that. And I think as a writer, you know, being true to that element in your story. If the story is about people who don't trust each other to start with, then it's good to exploit that in the story to add tension. And this particular relationship, these characters have a very strong relationship where they trust each other implicitly. So they used that as a strength and a way to get out of their predicament. And I thought that was really well done. So as a writer, that's that's something that I take away. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you for joining us as we talked about the story told in the Doctor Who 60th Anniversary Episode 2, Wild Blue Yonder. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters and all our subscribers. We are so grateful for your support and your encouragement. The Stories Told podcast is available on multiple podcast platforms, and we thank you for liking and subscribing or following, depending on where you're listening. It may not be a big deal to you, but it means a lot to us. You can find Michael Grayford at michaelgrayford.com and E.W. Barnes at a thousandyears.com, and those links are in the show notes. Join us next time as we discuss the story told in the Doctor Who 60th Anniversary Special, Episode 3, The Giggle. Thank you so much, Mike. This was a lot of fun. Yes, I agree. Looking forward to next week as well. And we'll see you next time on the Stories Told Podcast.